This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Ring the bell. It's time to get rolling. It's the first show of the spring semester for Marvel Vegas, and I'm Luke Schwartz. If you're listening and you're on the go, it's probably ESPN Radio, and if you have the opportunity to watch us, it's on QSportsTalk.com. The first one is the same Luke, new Michael, and we're excited to get this semester rolling. How are you tonight, Michael Villegas? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be able. Be, this is uh, going to be a ride. Yeah, so buckle up, strap in. It's going to be a funny roller coaster Keep this your hands entire. And feet inside the vehicle at all Jeez times. Louise, I know. We were cracking up even before this show started, but we've got a whole bunch set up for you guys tonight from Syracuse men's basketball playing tonight at 9 p.m. We've got some things that are other than just basketball related when it comes to that game. We're talking a little Syracuse women's basketball for the upcoming game on Thursday. We're talking about the Super Bowl, some predictions along with the playoff games that have already happened and some of our takeaways and thoughts. And then we're also going to give it up to you guys, the fans watching at home, because a lot of us don't have this platform to be able to talk and express how we feel about some things. So we're going to devote 10 to 15 minutes called fan takes from 630 to 645 where you get to call into the show give us a call give us a call give us your hottest take ring us up (laughs) and then you tell us anything sports related your hottest take so start thinking you've got a half an hour to do it i know it's not a lot of time but hopefully your gears are being grinded a little bit and we can we can get going but you know so this is a new semester we haven't had new house at night for about a month and a half everyone home for breaks off families uh we uh, new co-host and so to start off the show we wanted to do a game a little bit to get to know us a little we'll get, get to, to know, know us you know more me you know the new kid on the block no you're not new <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've jumped in here and there a little it's fill true. In. it's true little fill in but the game that we're going to play is two truths and a lie and what we hope is I will also try to guess as well because we did not reveal these to each other before the show but also if you can put it in the chat which one you think is the lie so I'm going to toss it over to my good man here. I had Michael to give Villegas. this some good thought. Okay. I really did. I wrote these down. I gave this some thought. So let's see if you guys can name it for my family members. They probably could. I mean, but we'll see. If you're <laughs> listening. Hi, Mom and Dad. Or Missy and Robert, if you're listening. All right. One. I took Michael Strahan to school. Okay. <laughs> Birds are chirping. All right. There here we go. We go. Uh, I'm a really good cook. Whip it up in the kitchen. And then my favorite team is the Miami Dolphins. Two truths and a lie. There's a lie amongst them. Which one is it? Well, here's the thing. So I feel like I haven't had the opportunity to visibly watch you cook anything. And you were talking about earlier today your lunch yeah. was really bad. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you made that or if you picked that up. Oh, definitely didn't make it. Okay. All right. Well, that that, nope. that changes it up a little bit. Picked it up over in Shine. All right, well, you know, it's kind of like 20 questions. What's your go-to meal to make that you're proud of where you would serve chicken parm. queen? Chicken parm? Chicken parm. Okay. Yep. What's special about it? Uh, it's definitely in either the sauce, which is okay. which is good, or the cheese. Okay. It has to be it has to be the right cheese, wherever you get it from. Well, what are we talking about? I've, I've been to the place called the Curd Nerd, and they got cheese out the wazoo. Yes. So I want to yeah. know what type of cheese we're talking about. We got mozzarella, some it's blue mozzarella. cheese. mozzarella. Mozzarella. A mozzarella. Okay. My Italian mother would appreciate that. But yes, uh, mozzarella on top of the chicken parm. Okay. Some good sauce. But what, well, what's in the sauce, too? 
Well, it's a secret recipe, so I can't give it away just to anybody. Can you just but here? Let's take just, off the headset. <laughs> just whisper it to me really quickly. <laughs> it's a little. It's one little ingredient, okay. a little spice. All right. Yep. All right. Okay. I feel like that's that's a pretty solid explanation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel like from knowing you, I think I can guess that you are a Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan. So, okay, you have to explain. the Taking Michael Strahan to school, is that the lie? It is not. Okay. That is not the lie. So are you a bad cook? I'm a horrible cook. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook anything. I'm just, I guess I'm just a really good liar because I sold it on that one, I guess. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, I I really can't cook. I try, I I mean, semi tried to learn while I was at home over the Christmas break, but okay. um, yeah, I took Michael Strahan to school in seventh grade. Uh, I won a contest called Take an NFL Player to School Sweepstakes, which was being offered at the time when I always watched NFL Network and asked my mom to sign me up. She did. Uh, we actually ended up moving houses within New Jersey, uh, moved to that house, and we were unpacking in the new house when we got the phone call that I was a finalist out of like 100,000 contestants, I think. And then they called me back that I won, and it was going to be someone from the New York area. And as a Dolphin fan, I was like, okay, but, you know, I'll take it. Just not the Jets. <laughs> Please, Lord, as a Dolphin fan, do not send me a Jet uh, player. But beggars can't be choosers on that one. And they actually said it was going to be a Giants player. And at that time, it, there was OCU Manura, Justin Tuck, uh, Tiki Barber, Eli Manning, Pascal Burris, uh, Mari Toomer. So there was a bunch of players that, that had the opportunity, you know, uh, from the Giants. I didn't get to pick. They told me it was Strahan. I was more than happy. He's a Hall of Fame defensive end. Wow. Um, and so that was awesome. And it was actually in 2007 when they won the Super Bowl. So it was the year that year they went on the run to go to the Super Bowl and win it and upset the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl. So the classic helmet catch. But he came to my house uh, in a limo. We ate breakfast. And then we took the limo to school. Had a whole you know seminar and everything like that. So it was a very cool experience. Uh, so once in a lifetime thing. So yeah, that... That is a little fun fact. Well, not only is that super cool, and I'm just learning this today, but the second thing to go off of that is picks you up seventh grade. I assume, I think 13 years old probably yeah. at that time. Do you remember anything that he said? Is there anything that resonates where you're like, oh, oh. I remember what he said Oh, that day. I, I really remember almost all of it. Um, I remember the specifically the con he was He's such a big personality, and everyone sees that today. Uh, he's doing so many things he's on uh, Fox, you know, fell on Fox. He's on Good Morning America. He's just a huge personality. He just had his, um, he just got a star on the uh, Walk of Fame in oh, Hollywood. That's right. Yeah. So, he so did. he's, I mean, he's everywhere. But he's such a big personality that it's, it's just hard not to gravitate towards him. But he had a couple things. But the one thing that really stood out was in the limo drive, we were talking about cars. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm big into cars, and, and so is he. And he actually told me that he actually owned but sold, and it was a regret, regret of his, was a Lamborghini truck. Okay. Which was very rare, uh, something that he had that he wanted to get back. And I know he also has a show about his garage. Like, he has, has kind of like a man cave garage, so I've always wondered if he ever got that opportunity to, to get that truck back. Um, and then we also talked about, uh, we actually talked about in the limo drive over there, a crush I had at the time. Oh, really? Yep. And he asked who it was and everything like that. And there's actually a photo out there <laughs> of him like like whispering in my ear, smiling, and I'm smirking because he leaned over and asked me if that was the girl like in the classroom. And, and it was and it was pretty funny. Uh, did he give you right? advice? He he did. He was trying okay. to like hook it up. Like he like. <laughs> and in the classroom, I guess all my classmates knew at the time, you know, that that happened. So they moved her desk next to mine for that specific day. So it was it was a whole fun experience and fun day. So. But yeah, very memorable and uh, yeah, something I'll never forget. So well, here's the cool thing too: we're about to graduate in the next few months. You mm -hmm. know, hey, uh, Mr. Strahan, remember uh, 
you know, what was that, 15 years ago yeah. uh, when I rode in a limo with you? Any chance I could get on one of the studio shows coming up here? Remember that ride? It's, it's a shot in the dark. Uh, <laughs> I did get his email. I did end up getting his email. I asked for his email at the end of the day. He did okay. give it to me. Uh, I emailed him once they won the Super Bowl, and he actually responded to me in a long e email that I printed out and framed, uh, saying, like, oh, you must be a lucky charm, all this stuff, that it was a great experience, and he remembers it. From there on out, I didn't want to bug him, but I, I would wish him a happy birthday from, from there on. He would answer here and there, and it's, getting, it's kind of faded away. Yeah. But, I mean... It's a shot in the dark. I mean, you could. So, Well, one, that's super cool story. Two, the yep. advice. Three, I haven't seen you. I know you're a Dolphins fan, yeah. but you've got to have a Strahan jersey. Oh, I do. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, All 100%. Right. That's why the Giants are my second favorite team. Okay. It's not in conflict with the Dolphins. Dolphins AFC East. Uh, Giants are NFC East, so AFC, uh, NFC. They do play a couple times here and there, and on that rare occasion, it's tough for me to choose, but I usually lean the Miami Dolphins, but that's why the Giants are my second favorite team. Wow. Yep. Well, I did not ride with an NFL player in seventh grade, so I'm a little bit you different. Didn't? You don't say. No. I, if I could have chosen anyone, I'm trying to think back to seventh grade, if I could have selected any player at the time. Would it be from the Seahawks? Actually, no, because so a big Seahawks fan, but at the time, my favorite player, just watching him, I loved the way that he threw the ball, was Carson Palmer. So if I got to sat down with anybody seventh grade when he was back with the Bengals, yeah. that would have been just a really cool experience. USC, just a state below me from Oregon. And so I always enjoyed watching him growing up. I had yeah. the Bengals mug, and my dad's like, get that out of our house. We're Seahawks <laughs> fans in here. But he's like, I'll, I'll allow it because you like Carson Palmer and not the Bengals. But yeah. there was a small love for a the Bengals. Bit. So we're, we're hoping that they go to another Super Bowl. Best USC the, quarterback to come out, in my opinion. In a long time. Yeah. And, and not – flake in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's that too. Um, all right. So my two truths Let's and a lie. Him. Here we go. Let's hear them. I'm ready. Number one. <laughs> here's, here's you the can't problem. even get this out I know. I can't. I can't. So I'm going to laugh for all three. So that way it doesn't give it away. Actually, I'm just going to cover my. No, I can't cover because we're talking on the radio. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> here we go. The first one. A gorilla has thrown his feces at me. Two. I've never ate a strawberry. And three, I had the opportunity to play football in college, but a senior year knee injury didn't allow that to happen. Hmm. Notice how I did not laugh through any you three didn't. of those. That was you good. You didn't, surprisingly. <laughs> this one's tough. I feel like through conversation, you did have the opportunity to play college ball. I, I, I feel like you were running back 33 years number. You've shown me highlights. On huddles, so I feel like... God, don't make me sound like that guy. <laughs> that, back in my head. Yeah, back in You back called in the me day. old. You showed him. Yeah, I know. I, was, uh, I peaked back in high school. No, <laughs> you were a good running back. Uh, yeah, you ran the rock. You were, you were a tough runner. So I f definitely feel like you could have uh, played college ball. The monkey one is is definitely... Uh, the strawberry. It's a 50-50 shot here. I'm going to go with the strawberry. You've never eaten a strawberry. You just strike me as that type of, no, mm -mm, never had a strawberry. Are you allergic? Might be the allergies. I don't know. I'm going to go with a strawberry. You have never eaten a strawberry. Final answer. Is that my lie? That's your lie. Sorry. Next contestant, please, here on Sports oh. with Schwartz. No, just kidding. It, so, okay, I've never had a strawberry. Really? So growing up as a kid playing football, you get oranges and you get grapes, and then you yeah. get used to those two things. Yeah. It was never in my house. Growing up as a kid, hmm. strangely enough. Okay. And then 
it just time went on. I've had them in shakes. I've had strawberry flavored things, but actually eating eating a, eating a strawberry, the seeds they do freak me out a little bit. They you don't do even taste the seeds. Ooh, but You've I never had a chocolate that? covered strawberry. No, no. Wow. No. So, so whole it's new world. So it's not that. So between the other two, which which one which one now you're down to two? Which one's the actual lie? Is it the college ball? It is. Really? So wow. I was not good enough. <laughs> I, I would either. No, least. no, okay. Honestly, here here's how so, wait. So, wait. So you're telling me <laughs> you're telling everybody me. else that a monkey threw its feces at you. Yeah, so I was a kid. I was still <laughs> wrapped up in my mom's arms, and we were living in California at the time. I don't let many people know this, but I was well. born in California. But we moved so quickly to Oregon as a kid yeah. that I don't really count it. Mm -hmm. But I was probably one or two years old at the time. My mom was carrying me in her arms, and I believe we were at the San Diego Zoo. And there was a gorilla in the cage, and it was looking at us. And my mom's just thinking, oh, like, cute. You know, it's, you know, oh, baby adorable. Luke is getting to see it. And before you know it, both my mom and I have been struck. Wow. Uh, there was no glass or anything? It was just... No, like, just the bars, like, at a zoo, it. basically. And, you know, it, it found... It's like threading a needle from a quarterback. And you know what? It, <laughs> bullseye. It hit the mark. Wow. So, luckily, I don't remember it as much, but I, my grandma and my mom have told me the story multiple times. Like, yep, that happened. That's got to be good luck, right? Good luck? If a, if a bird poops on you, it's good luck. What? That's what they say. Ooh. I can't be alone in that, right? Someone in the chat, help me out. Back me up here. Or something. They're pretty quiet for a reason. They are, yeah. <laughs> Just birds are chirping. <laughs> birds are chirping. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, but no, honestly, so junior year actually was my really good year of football. That's when I was starting to get looks. But senior year, I just honestly wasn't that good. Was I, it, you said a knee injury? It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a knee injury? It that, wasn't a knee injury. Really. It was just not good enough, honestly. I don't think the mental and the physical part lined up as well uh, as it did junior year. And so just bad cuts, not as many highlight plays, and the offers went away. But they were never D1 or D2. It was more like D3, yeah. uh, like basically. But that was the lie. There we so go. So never had a strawberry, and a gorilla has plastered me. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Or, and, okay. There we and go. So, yeah, yeah. You've met Luke Schwartz and you've met Michael Villegas. There we go. So that, <laughs> well, just that's a, a little bit yeah, more. A little bit of a great segue into our next topic before we head into our first break. Tonight, 9 p.m. in just about two and a half hours, Syracuse ACC matchup against the Tar Heels Big in game. a very good game. Two teams that are six and three in the ACC, both teams that have looked good good at times and then looked yeah, at yeah. times and so you know going into this game what are you hoping for from Syracuse Michael uh, I'm hoping for a full game because what I've noticed this season is that Syracuse is usually a first half team or, or second half team my mistake usually in the first half they'll struggle to find a kind of get their groove and then in the second half they find it and they end up closing the gap or winning the game in and of itself I feel like in this game it's going to have to be a complete game a full first half and second half that's clean that's good basketball good ball movement and good scoring which has been the biggest issue is shooting so if if JG3 and, and Judah Mintz can get it together shooting wise from start to finish and not just a second half uh, basketball team then I think they have a really good chance against a, a good UNC team that's kind of equivalent right now and there's no doubt that Joe Girard is coming off Probably one of his best performances yeah. in his career. 28 points on the road against Georgia Tech. Hit six triples. He looked really good, like nails in the first half. And even in the second half, he wasn't 
as JG3 as he was, mm-hmm. but he still was cooking defenders. And when you talk about that being better in the first half, we witnessed that against Notre Dame. We were yeah. fans in the game. We were watching. We were actually just getting back from watching the Seahawks game and just collapsing that playoff yeah. game against the Niners. <laughs> and we go, you know what? Let's go catch the second half of the game. We're students. You know, it'll be cheaper. Let's just go. And we get there, you know, five minutes before halftime, we're going, you got to be kidding me. This I thought it was going to be a blowout. It, we did. I really was like, this is this is sloppy basketball, and I'm surprised it was as close as it was. But, like, they right. come out of halftime like a different team. They and I'm do. like, why can't – if we do that in the first half, then we're that's we're, we're doing great. We're in a great position. Whatever Beheim says, does, or the look or stare – I don't stare, know if I want to know what Beheim no, says. I no, I know. That's what I don't I'm know saying. if I want to be that's, in that locker room. That's the last question you want to ask during postgame Definitely. anyways. You don't, you don't ask him about that. <laughs> but they just look good. And I think what we're seeing, too, from Syracuse – as the season progresses, as more of those freshmen, younger players are yeah. starting to mature. Malik Brown has looked fantastic in the past few weeks and few games, too. Justin Taylor continues to emerge as a really good player. And you really like to see what Chris Bell has done, yeah. too. And those three, I feel like, have been kind of that centerpiece. Yeah. Along with, of course, your usuals of Judah, Jesse, and Joe out there. Yeah. The big three, the big if three. you will. But I, I agree with Justin Taylor. Uh, I, I think him coming off the bench, he does provide a spark at times that may be lacking from the starters even. So I, I really do like him. And like you said, uh, beyond the big three, if, if if all of them are on the same page and pumping on all cylinders, this team is is pretty good. It is. It's, it's a really good team. I always feel like it's it's one one is having a good night and the other one's not, or, or they're not on the same page. Judah Mintz will have an okay game and, and Joe Girard will have a greater or better game. Sorry. And then Jesse Edwards will have, he'll, he'll average a double, double, like we, we talked about before the show, which I think should, should be happening. That I mean, he's almost a seven foot center down there in the paint. He should be doing that. That should be expected of him. The, the expectations should be higher for him. But if all three of them are having a really good game, I feel like this team can go far. I just feel like that hasn't happened yet. Well, also talking about Jesse Edwards, too, that segues us into our next topic, which is the battle in the paint tonight between number 14 and, of course, number five, Armando Baycott for North Carolina, number five. You're going to know exactly who he is if you're not familiar with his name, but the guy leads the team in points per game, rebounds per game. He's an absolute force down low, and you just have to – you look at the length and size of Jesse, but just the actual physicality of Baycott, and you get a little bit stressed out. Which is what Jesse Edwards struggles with. And Coach Bayheim has said this in, in post-game press conferences, that he struggles with physicality. He does. He is, he is tall, he is lanky, and he has reach uh, and range, but he, he is thin, and he lacks some physicality down in the paint. He can get bullied by bigger and, and more physical players. So I'm hoping that he can at least try to try to fend that off tonight, but we'll see if he can do that. But he does struggle against bigger bodied or more physical players down in the paint. True. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now, but again, later tonight, 9 p.m. for that game, 8 p.m. starting the pregame coverage from Brent Axel, you just heard for the past two hours. He said something funny, too. He's talking about, you know, Armando Baycott like scoring, it's like when you walk by a donut, you just can't resist it, basically. <laughs> and that that had both of us chuckling, which going into the food discussion, when we come back out of break, we're going to be talking about North Carolina versus Syracuse in the food department. A few restaurants down there on Franklin Street and then some here in Syracuse, the similarities, differences, and what we would pick ultimately 
with maybe a smidge of bias. A little bit. <laughs> just, just a, a little tad. Bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but you're listening to Newhouse at Night here on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Just about two hours to go until it's Syracuse and North Carolina in the Dome. And it's hour two of Newhouse at night here on ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk. Alongside Sam Reese, I'm Adam Gacken. We are so happy to be back for our second semester of our show here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Syracuse. Moving from the Monday to Tuesday 7 to 8 window, but so happy to be here. Yeah, same, same duo, new night, but absolutely, Adam. It's great to be back with yourself. I know... Uh, I'm speaking for you when I say we had a blast first semester and we're grateful to run it back here second semester and get right back into the thick of things doing what we love. That's talking sports. Absolutely. We did have a few callers calling last semester and with the big game coming up tonight, I'd assume a lot of you were in your cars getting ready, heading down to the Dome. Call in at 315-437-7644. Again, that is 315 315- 437-7644. For our show today, we're going to talk a lot of Syracuse men's basketball, of course. That'll come in the, I guess, latter three-fourths of the show. We'll start things off with women's basketball. But before we even get to that, yeah. this past Sunday, Bills versus Bengals, I was there in attendance. You were there. I yeah. made it to Highmark Stadium, the two-hour drive. And when I tell you it is the craziest sports experience of my life, it was <laughs> insane i have been to mlb playoff games i've been to the nlcs i've been to a wild card game i've been to a premier league match nhl playoffs i've been to an nba playoff buzzer beater that bills game was unlike anything i've ever experienced in the 12th row for under 200 dollars, it was the craziest crowd i've ever been in i saw like five fights and five five fight it might have been four but at least four okay i think it was five and it was incredible i have to go back to buffalo and the the fights were the Bengals fans fault i'll say that the bills fans were the best Mm. there there were a couple away fans who were a little bit rough everything was instigated by the Bengals fans those bills fans were amazing they were welcoming into the tailgates they were awesome and it was one heck of a time and if you haven't made it over to highmark stadium before they knock it down i have to recommend it it's a weird stadium it's very weird you walk in and you're kind of at like the club level concourse you got to go down these stairs, then you're at the lower level concourse, which okay. ends up going outside. Like half the concourse isn't even under cover mm-hmm. for when it's snowing. That makes no sense. But at the end of the day, it was an incredible time. I went with Nico Horning, who I believe is the seven to eight o'clock host yeah, or Friday, six to seven yep. o'clock host on Fridays yep. here on Newhouse at night. So I'm sure he'll talk about that next Friday. But that was one heck of a time. So that's all for that story. It's time to move things to Syracuse basketball. And Sam, we are talking Syracuse basketball this entire show because it's mid-January. And what else would you talk about? Let's start off with the women's. Three losses in a row. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and Duke. Notre Dame and Duke, two of the top teams in the country, both ranked in the top 20. Georgia Tech, though... They were winless in the ACC. Yeah. All three close losses. It's just a bit of a weird spot for Felicia Leggett Jack's squad, huh? Yeah, it really is because we've seen at multiple points this season what this Syracuse women's basketball team is capable of. When they're playing at their best, they can compete with the top teams in the nation. But then, on the contrary, Adam, they put in a performance like they did against Georgia Tech, and you just scratch your head because you know they're capable of more, but 
this period of the season where they've been a bit inconsistent has them on the bubble and I'm sure has a lot of Syracuse fans worried at the moment. Absolutely, and when it comes down to it, it's really how they shoot the ball. Against yeah. Georgia Tech, when they lost 69-57, to 57, they shot 18.2% from three. They made two three-pointers all game long. You're not going to win a game doing that. They shot 34% from the field. And you just you got to shoot better than that against a team like Georgia Tech, who, again, was winless in the ACC. They were 0-7 in conference play, and it just made no sense. Yes, that Notre Dame loss, 72-56, to doesn't look great, but it was really close going into the end of it. Yeah. And it was a good offensive game, even though they scored 56, because Syracuse played well-rounded. They had a number of players who got up there in scoring. You know, with Dariana Lewis scoring 11, Asia Strong getting up there in points, Deja Fair with 14. They got girls who can score. They got girls who can shoot. But they just haven't been able to put it all together, although even then – there's promise in this team, isn't there? Yeah, there. I mean, there certainly is. There's plenty of talent on this team, uh, and we mentioned that even before the break at the end of the first semester, and uh, some of them being some transfers from Buffalo that followed FLJ, and, and I think she's a great coach as well, doing solid things in her first season. So there's certainly promise. I mean, this team is capable of stringing together a run of results. Now, we'll, we'll preview the schedule coming up later. It isn't the easiest schedule Not by any means. Uh, uh, but with that being said, I don't think it's it's really a moment in time where we need to hit the panic button quite yet. But three losses in a row is a bit concerning because I know and you know that this team is capable of more. They can shoot better, especially against the likes of Georgia Tech and the bottom dwellers in the ACC. Absolutely. They're really a team that's been playing to the level of their opponents exactly. in the past few weeks because... They're sticking in there against Notre Dame. They stuck in there against Duke. If you yeah. go back earlier in the season, January 1st, they played NC State, the number six team in the country at the time. They lost by just two points. Their game before that, they played Louisville, who was receiving votes, and they played close against them, lost by less than 10. So it's really kind of just weird for this Syracuse women's basketball team right now. They have to play a complete game. That's something that they've struggled to do. Yeah, exactly. That's the key. And I know Notre Dame is one of the best teams there are, but use that game as an example where Syracuse played great through three quarters, and I believe that was either a tie game or maybe they down were... Down by five after oh, sorry. the third quarter. Okay, down by five. Yeah, but even towards the end of the third quarter, they were right there with them. Um, and then the shooting just went down the drain in the fourth quarter. The final ten minutes, uh, Notre Dame just completely outclassed Syracuse shooting-wise. So it's going to take a full 40-minute performance shooting-wise for Syracuse to get the job done. If the Orange can put together those complete games, they can put their season back on track and string together some results to get into the tournament. Absolutely, and let's take a quick look forward for Syracuse women's basketball, what they have got up ahead. You can listen to all the games here on ESPN Syracuse. The great Tim Leonard bringing yeah. you the call for all of those. Up next, they have Virginia. At 7 p.m. at home on Thursday, and that's a big one, isn't it? It is a big one. Yeah, Virginia is a talented squad, no doubt about that. And if you make it four losses in a row for Syracuse, that's not good. Now, I'd like to point out that Syracuse only has two losses at the Dome. It's been mainly away where they've struggled greatly. So being at home on Thursday could be a big advantage for the Orange, and, but it will be a big test, no doubt about that. I think that will be a close game throughout, honestly, a coin flip, because Syracuse 
Syracuse will be hungry to get back on track. So I don't expect them to lay a dud in that one. But Virginia will also be coming in uh, a very talented team, no doubt about it, trying to get the job done on the road. Absolutely. As just mentioned, only two losses at home on the season for Syracuse. That was against number six, NC State, and number seven, Notre exactly. Dame. So they have played really well in front of the fans at yep. the Dome. They had their largest home attendance of the season their last time out against Notre Dame and that'll be big for the Orange if they can really get that home court advantage against UVA and that's a Cavalier squad that has lost two in a row yes at the end of the day though our last thing on Syracuse women's basketball my last thing before we move on and get really just into the meat of things and talk Syracuse men's basketball because we've got the, the UNC game coming up Four of their five next games at home, including a couple big ones against Louisville, against an NC State, they have to shoot the ball. I think if they can shoot over 35% uh, total, if they can shoot over 30% from three, I think that they give themselves a chance to win three or four out of those five and really cement themselves as an eight or nine seed in the NCAA tournament because right now, they're just outside of the bubble looking in. This next two-week stretch is the most important throughout the rest of the season because if they start dropping, if they lose four in a row, if they lose five in a row, yeah. that's where you start to really get pushed out of the bubble. 100%. It's it's now or never in terms of getting back on track. And, and yes, shooting will be the key. And if players such as Georgia Woolley can step up and, and, uh, and make contributions in a positive way offensively and this team can shoot better consistently, I think they can do just that. So there's still certainly a lot of hope left for the Syracuse women's basketball team, despite being on a three-game skit. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we've got talking Syracuse women's hoops. You can listen to every Syracuse women's basketball game here on ESPN Syracuse, again with Tim Leonard on the call for those. So make sure to tune in. The Orange will be out on Thursday at 7 p.m. against UVA. If you don't want to listen, then go to the game. Uh, right. They could really use your support at the Dome. But we will take our first break when we come back. Time to preview Syracuse and North Carolina. You could argue the biggest game of the year in the Dome. You do not want to go anywhere. Alongside Sam Maurice, I'm Adam Gawkin. we got a great 50 minutes of programming coming up.